Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 65 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and we are welcoming back our lovely partner, CPA and virtual CFO, Jamie Johnson. Morning, Meg. How are you? I'm doing well and excited to welcome on our guests this morning. Very excited about this. So today, our special guest may just be the most dangerous person in podcasting. He has over 13 years of professional leadership and sales development experience and over eight years of experience in small business ownership working with companies on change management, engagement, and strategic alignment to business objectives. He now owns and operates a podcast production agency known as Knucklehead, as well as hosts their own flagship show, Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to the show, Stephen Colon. Thank you very much, Megan. I appreciate you having me. Jamie, it's nice to see you again. It's been a little while since we've, uh, since we've last chatted. As a matter of fact, I think, if I remember correctly, yep, January 2020. What yeah. a year it's been. So my goodness gracious, how are you doing? It's been a while. I know it's a pre, it was it's definitely pre-COVID because we met in the fall and then we, and then, and then we did, Stephen was the first person that invited me onto a podcast <laughs> and um, we did, yeah, we did that in January. So. Yeah. It's uh, it's, 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 it's always nice to have folks who are way better at, uh, at organizing finances and, you know, operations, all the things that small business owners screw up, uh, onto the show to talk about, you know, some, some screw ups that they've, uh, that they've some painful moments. I'll just put it to you that way. That's, that's most of the time that's where learning lessons are. Actually, I, we met you at a podcasting event. Well, Jamie met you. I say we, because I live vicariously through her sometimes, but <laughs> she met you at a podcasting event there in Texas and that was actually before we had launched, right before we launched our own podcast. And I had never heard Very of cool. Knucklehead Podcast before that point, but I started listening and I'm now a subscriber. So I enjoy all of all of the podcasts that, that you put out. And it, the fact that you are just head on with mistakes that people make and you don't try to hide it. You just own it and, and move forward. And what can yeah. we take from that? People are human. So there are so many people out there that try to hide that and they're embarrassed by the fact that, oh, I made a mistake. I can't let anybody know, especially as an owner of a company, right? I'm supposed to have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. That's Megan, you just hit on precisely what my, you know, what my whole motivation was for starting the podcast. I, uh, I tell people all the time that, you know, that the challenges that I had as a, as a young developing sales rep was, how do I uh, be relatable to my buyer? How do I, you know, uh, essentially manage up the chain of command, so to speak? How do I manage my my sales manager or my CEO, whomever I'm briefing my pipeline to? Who do I? How do I position them for success based off of my activities? And uh, and what I found was, um, depending upon whether or not you come from an experienced business or if you're, you know, in the startup world, there's a lot of folks who really talk about 
uh, you have to follow this particular program or this set of rules or this methodology, this medic, this sandler, this but, and it's like time out for a second. The reality is, is we're we're having conversations with people, and the more conversations we have about our product or service, if there's an alignment, most likely there's going to be a purchase or conversion. And when most folks start businesses, uh, I would say when most. I'd say the, the vast majority of folks that I've had a conversation with over the last, you know, 24 to 36 months, th- there's a there's a certain amount of, of thoughtful deliberation or market analysis that takes place. And then they try to identify an opportunity and they just go attack that opportunity. I, I'd say that that's a, a large percentage of folks who want to start a business. However, you and I both know that not all small businesses start out like that. It, it starts with somebody who who wants to control their own calendar. They, they kind of don't like the confines of... Uh, you know, of the corporate environment. And if we look at anything from this past year, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's told us that if you can't be flexible, you're probably not going to be very profitable. Um, you know, you have to be able to kind of, you know, mold your, your product or service offering relative to what the market, you know, what's happening in the marketplace, which is, it's really cool. As Jamie talked about that, at, uh, you know, over the course, like if you listen to Knucklehead Podcast, which I'm flattered that you're a, a subscriber, I, I appreciate that, Megan. Let us know in the reviews what you, what you like and dislike about our show. And uh, that goes to, to tell me, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not subscribed to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast uh, with Megan and Jamie, then you're wrong. So stop right now, put it on pause, <laughs> go leave a review and then press subscribe and you'll be backfilled with 64 other episodes that, uh, you know, that they that they fight tooth and nail to go and bring you value all the time. So anyway, I'm, ex- I'm excited about being here and talking with you a little bit about that, but I just, I saw folks trying to... Ha, uh, provide answers that they really either haven't lived, they haven't tested, or they weren't providing. Um, I guess that, that that was the thing I was I was I was frustrated about. Consultants really kind of rubbed me the wrong way over the course of my sales career. So I thought, why not just tell them how it is and tell them that they yeah. screwed up and be human about it. And uh, your the odds are you're going to be a little bit more relatable. You may not win all your deals, but uh, the folks that you're doing business with, they'll like doing business with you because you're not trying to BS them. Right. Right. Exactly. Because let's be honest, everybody makes makes mistakes. Yeah. No one is going to be correct 100% of the time. Yeah. And that's why we've been focused so hard on this the beginning of the year. We want to talk about common business mistakes that people make because as virtual CFOs, and Jamie can attest to this, we see mistakes. But how do you take those and learn from them and apply them in the future to avoid screwing up again? So. I actually read something when I was prepping for this episode on your website and somewhere on your website, I think it's on the homepage. It's actually stop letting mistakes prevent you from doing something great. And I think that's what we want to talk about most in, in this episode is how do you get over the mistake? How do you bounce back after you've made the mistake? Because we were talking about how do you avoid them? What do you, you know, trying to see pitfalls before they happen in the episodes leading up to this, but what advice do you help give business owners after it's happened and kind of picking yourself back up and finding that resilience? Well, I mean, that's a great question, Megan. So um, in the context of, of podcasting or, or new media or content creation, right, let's look at it from through that lens first, and then we can look at it through um, service or product, uh, traditional business uh, offerings. Uh, mm-hmm. 
these platforms change all the time. I mean, if you talk to digital marketing agencies now, which we're not over here at Knucklehead, we're exclusively a podcast production agency that, that helps augment your content distribution. Most of the time, businesses don't actually have a, a digital media asset that they can leverage to go garner attention, optimize attention, and then convert that attention later, right? So that's what we yeah. help with at, at Knucklehead. Uh, but digital marketing agencies, they're, they're almost complaining about the changes that Facebook and Instagram and all these social media platforms have on their paid media uh, efficacy, right? So they're, they're having a really difficult time. Um, getting ahead of some of the uh, some of where you're going to get the most value for your dollar, right? And so if you do paid media where you're trying to convert a whole bunch of uh, new audience or cold audience members or you know try to pinpoint your custom audience based off of all these different attributes, and somebody on the other side is constantly changing the algorithm, your your service offering starts to lose some of its value. And mm-hmm. and so yeah. whenever when everybody gets their you know their their new podcast started or their YouTube show started. In today's world, it seems like they want to, there's this rush to conversion as opposed to forgetting that, I mean, sitcoms and movies and behind the scenes, it doesn't matter if it's 1963 or 2053, people pay attention to that type of content because they're attracted to, you know, what's behind the scenes. You know, that's, we kind of coined the phrase a little bit, like we, we give you the ability to Netflix out to your audience, your cold audience. And, and we use that term just because, I mean, Netflix is just a smorgasbord of, of different interest in video form where people can start consuming material in short, like they can do it in a short period of time. They can go through an entire season of content. And what oh, most yeah. folks do in, in podcasting um, is they, they're like, oh, I'm going to start a show. It seems real simple. I'm going to invest a couple hundred bucks in some recording equipment and I'm, and I'm off to the races. I don't want to record. And they get four episodes in and they stop. You know, that's why there's, I think it's 70, it, it, it was upwards of 90% of the content that's, that exists in the Apple podcast directory has less than 10 episodes. You know, oh, wow. It's, it's inflated from 150,000 shows to over a million shows and, and it might be just under a million shows. So if somebody's listening to that and they're getting real particular because they're a CPA or something like that and they like, <laughs> no, then so be it. But, you know, generalists like myself think, okay, well, if there's that many shows, then obviously there's nobody's going to pay attention to me and, and that's wrong they they're using their 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 uh misunderstanding of they need to convert this huge audience as opposed to providing value to a much smaller audience and in in speaking directly to what their core problem is one of our clients i don't want to belabor this point but one of our clients he's he's brilliant but he's also a pilot right he's a ceo for a, a huge um a very, very specific healthcare technology company, right? So uh, he's also a pilot though. And if you hear him talk about what he pays attention to as a pilot, you know, making mistakes are very, very costly. So what he pays attention to is this report that comes out that's unique to pilots that have either gotten in accidents or, um, you know, plane malfunctions or, or whatever the case may be. And he he like focuses so much on the mistakes that other people made that actually helped to make him better. And so we thought, I mean, that's, that's, that's gotta be and and he's a top performer. He's a high performer. He's a, he's a, he's a type a, he attracts type A's to his team. So if that's his process, why wouldn't we want to disseminate a bunch of information about what people have screwed up along the way? Because we need to be here human and relatable to other, to other people who are interested in us, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. And I, that was one of the things we, we touched on it very briefly in an episode with Jamie Staley about mistakes. She, 
talked about that. She talked about trying to find somebody that's been through the same experience so that you can try to see those pitfalls before they come up. And I think that's a very good point because in those high-performing positions, like a pilot, like a surgeon, they have all these checklists. They're studying mistakes on a regular basis. They're going and listening to speakers talk about what to look for so you don't mess up. So having that and subscribing to a podcast like Knucklehead or looking for mistakes that others have made, it just keeps that top of mind so that you can always be on the lookout and be thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah, absolutely. To try to avoid those things. Absolutely. Well, I mean, whenever uh, Jam and I had, had met, um, this is going back again, just a little over a year ago. I mean, the whole way that people do business has changed, except the way that y'all do business. I mean, it's fairly remote, y'all. Right? It's it, it, Jimmy. And, and if I'm mischaracterizing, then then correct me here. But the way you do business is you you have a geodiverse team, right? You have teams that are that are uh, kind of spread out. Your services that you're providing are um, remote at best. You don't need to be in the office with your particular clients. And so it's like, why, why, why would you design your service or product offering differently than how folks are actually used to doing business? And in 2020 was a huge example of, I mean, can you imagine being a plumber in like April, you know, and, and didn't know SEO or didn't have a com core component to your business to, to deal with operations? Like that's a, that's a, that would be a, a, a huge problem. And it's not that you're, you're not being discovered. It's, once you're discovered, how do people know that you're good? So it's like there's a there's this different various levels of of optimization that take place dependent upon your business. So, you know what we found over the course of last year was how do we deal with a uh, this certainty component when nobody hasn't the answers? I mean, 2020 was a, a fairly uncertain year, and I'm sure some businesses did better than others, but the reality is is a lot of a lot of people struggled, and. Um, that was, and that was tough to deal with for a while. And so, you know, I know in April and, and May, it was, it was tough. I had a difficult time keeping focused on the things that were really important and being in, and trying to be not reactive, if that makes sense. So that was, that was a struggle for me. I don't know about y'all, but that, it was a struggle for me. It was, we have one client that, that I was working with that it, they did, they just kind of got punched in the face and it was hard, you know, I mean, solid, great, honest like insightful people, you know what I mean? And that, I think that was the hardest mentally to really stay focused uh, on, on deliverables, on what needed to happen and everything, especially like for them when I'm watching it and it's just, I mean, it's just like punch after punch to the gut, right? Like you're just, and I'm like, just such great people. <laughs> not that you want it to happen to not great people or anything, but I think sometimes when you see the reality of certain situations, it is, it is hard, especially when something doesn't feel deserved, you know, and, and, you know, we started the year off with that client, like providing valuation and potential sale opportunities in the next five years. And that's how we started off that engagement. And then at the end it was survival, you know, like, okay, how do we keep this thing going? How do we, um, you know, what do we go with? And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I bring up that point kind of to Megan's questions about, about, mistakes. Why, why, why are mistakes so important to embrace? Like, I mean, if you're, if you're running a business and things are going well, great, that's fantastic. It's only a matter of time before it doesn't. And, and when I say it only, it's, it's only a matter of time. I'm not, I'm not a, somebody who, re, who realizes that, you know, your business is going to go South at one point in time. It's how do you deal with when things go bad? And it was a really good example of how everybody was going through some really challenging times in April and May. And so if 
if you, especially in social media, uh, there's this, there's this tendency to always be reactive to what some, what people are projecting as opposed to what's truly taking place. And so that's one of the reasons why we felt like uh, podcast production, uh, core, uh, like centered on what you've screwed up at knucklehead. That's going to be the most relatable thing that it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in, that everybody eventually will get to a point where they're like, oh yeah, that went wrong or that mistake took place. And I can relate to what it is that that guest is talking about. So it's a little bit of edutainment and it's a little bit more just being human in business. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm characterizing that the right way, but that was the whole thought process behind it. And what we found, what we found whenever we started producing shows like that is business owners started to go, well, we can create a show like that because it's easy to talk about what you've screwed up because there's a lesson there. You know, there's, there's some type of, of tactic that you can use again if there's another screw up or if you're, if you're, if your business goes from, you know, two employees to 10 employees, there's a huge opportunities to, there's a lot of opportunities to screw up. There's a lot of opportunities to screw up your P&L. There's a lot, a lot of opportunities to screw up your, your core service offering. There's this missed opportunity to change your product or service offering because uh, your business will go from 10 down to six employees pretty quickly if you don't get that right, if you don't pivot and make those changes that are necessary, if that makes sense. I, I want to kind of go off what, what you just said, but like for when you have clients that getting in front of the audience, I totally agree with you. Give your value to a small group of people versus trying to just throw it to the masses, right? And and just see what comes back. And how do you direct people in a way in which that that audience is really fine-tuned and are in alignment with that core services offering? Um, and those, those are your people because sometimes what you think would really work, you're like, oh, that's going to work. That's going to be great. And then it turns out you're like, that was what, what just happened? Like, I mean, we all kind of shake our head and go, hold on. Like, how did that happen? What did that happen? Cause like you said, even with technology, like different algorithms and, 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 you know, there's so many things going on behind the scenes. How do you use technology and use marketing and leverage that to really get in front of the right people and hone in on that audience that you really want your services, you know, to, to be targeted towards? It's a good question. It's a really good question. I, I can really just provide an answer for what we did. Uh, we entered into an agreement at the beginning of 2020 with a, with a new client in a new market that we weren't, we hadn't worked with before. Uh, what they needed is they needed a digital asset. Uh, I call it digital a podcast. That is a digital asset that you can leverage pieces of that show to go distribute across other social media channels to garner attention and potentially uh, convert against that new audience. In a high, at a, at a different rate than what you would a cold email or a, um, you know, just a, a regular talking head, so to speak. So, uh, to answer your question, a lot of that means that we needed to be on site. We actually needed to be physically there, capturing a lot of the behind the scenes. Well, if COVID impacted our business to where we weren't able to to be on site, we had to pivot uh, to come up with what like kind of the next best thing. And over the course of that discovery of what the next best thing was, we found out that our core service offering wasn't even something that existed at the beginning of 2020. And that is businesses who have a, a podcast, businesses who have this, this micro content need, 
what they need is they need to just go create at scale. What we'll do is we'll actually do the post-production services to them. We'll do the editing. We'll do the, uh, the fine tuning. We'll do the text overlays. We'll do the creative, uh, consistency. How does that, how does that sync up with what your brand, what your, uh, brand projection is with your, with your website or your, you know, your actual, um, in-person, um, office building like what how is there consistency between your social media feed and what you're you're actually telling the audience who's who's coming into your office uh, to consume your product or service how is there consistency between the two we didn't even know that that existed at the beginning of, of 2020 we didn't even know that that was a need but what we found because there was a change of you can't go on site to go capture this this content we had to actually get creative on on what we the the actual service offering that's our like our core offering now we, we had to get creative on what it was that we were doing and how we were doing it. So to answer your question, um, you leverage technology, in my opinion, by having to, by owning it. Um, if you have a social media channel and the majority of your conversions come from one particular social media network, okay, if your email and you have an email newsletter and you're sending out email emails and you you're essentially primary revenue source is sponsorship of that newsletter, okay. Um, depending upon what your, your channel is, if you don't own it, then you're always going to be subject to what happens behind the scenes. So that's why I like having folks who can own their own channel, who can create their own audience and potentially sell access to that audience to folks who would want to sponsor or folks who would want to have access to it in some type of joint venture or some type of, uh, shared, sh shared revenue, uh, generating opportunity. So if that makes sense, hopefully I'm, uh, does that make sense when I say that? Yes. Yeah. I think, and I, I think some, I, what I have noticed, like another, you know, servicing the small, the mid-sized business owners, it's almost, you know, there's like, there's so much everywhere that you don't, you don't know where to go and where you think you need to go is not actually where you need to go. I think deciphering through and understanding to your point, like how to take tidbits and, and nuggets of information, nuggets of value and to, put those out and to use those, uh, to the best of their ability and everything. Well, that client that I was talking about had no presence on a professional social media network, right? So, uh, LinkedIn is the example that I would use. They had no audience there. So what we did is we created a show that helped him actually have, uh, experts come in and talk to him so he could develop a relationship with their product or service offering and his new, his podcast his his um, the content that he was creating. It did two things. It actually helped him create this micro content library that we could distribute across social media to help him build up a professional network. And then on top of that, he actually has a real like no kidding relationship with the people who are coming in and guesting on his show so much so that this new audience who is interested in investing now has subject matter experts that he has a relationship with. So it actually did two things. It created a, an audience for him, but then also it created a, um, a, this network of trusted advisors that were vetted and there were quality that weren't BSing that, that had a, a tangible viable business that he didn't have a relationship before. So it actually creates, you know, that's what I meant by having like a, you know, a, a network and then a, an actual convertible component to his, his new product. So he leveraged his digital asset to go out and create an alternate revenue stream for his business. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> Very cool. I, yeah. And at the beginning of 2020, it was just a concept, you know, it, actually at the tail end of 2019, it was kind of a concept. We had to start kind of testing it and, and, and screwing it up at knucklehead first with knucklehead podcast. And sure enough, like, okay, great. Now we have access to sponsors, uh, that, 
our shows are the recipient of because we we tested the process we broke the process created a system around it now we we make it available to our you know our clients that's great and I want to switch gears here back to something that you guys use on your podcast. You say you have a saying, don't be beta. Yes, and I want to have you explain to our listeners what that means, because I really like it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Megan, I appreciate that question. Um, it, you don't hear that being said quite a bit in corporate hallways. Uh, I'll just I'll just put it to that. That was one of the reasons why we, we thought about it, because it's kind of it kind of causes somebody to pause. They go, well, well, what, what do you mean? And in today's climate, if you're not willing to talk politics, if you're not willing to talk business, if you're not, excuse me, if you're not willing to talk finances, it, in some cases, you're going to lose your, who you're trying to talk to. Uh, Hollywood reporter came out with a, uh, a magazine cover in 2018 and it was the accomplishment of the beta male. That's essentially what the, the message was. Now it was a parody. What they were trying to do is they were trying to kind of, um, be funny. You know, they were just, they were just trying to get folks attention. And so what we thought was, well, that's an opportunity for us to say, Hey, listen, if you believe, I mean, if you, if you're a, if you're a top performer, uh, otherwise characterized as an alpha, whether you're a male or female, that's, that's regardless, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The characteristics are you, you probably, uh, exercise discipline. You have some core habits that you're doing. Um, you have some, uh, some goals in your life. You've probably screwed up and missed some goals along the way. So what we're going to do is we're going to create this, you know, kind of fun way of saying, instead of, you know, champion and beating our chest and saying, yeah, we're alpha. We're going to say, no, 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 just don't be beta. And yep. what we found was is whenever we put that on a t-shirt, <laughs> folks started <laughs> buying it and they go, yeah, we, we actually like that mindset. And, mm -hmm. you know, to, to leverage some of the tools that folks use on social, we started, uh, you know, putting hashtag on, on everything. It, it, that didn't really do much of anything at all. Other than if folks started to go on social media and put that particular hashtag in, they could see more of our content. They can see folks who've purchased the t-shirt and inadvertently they were redirected back to the website. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. And if those, if, if somebody hears that message and they go, Oh, are you trying to say, I'm, you know, I can't be alpha because I'm a female or I can't be alpha because I'm, a I'll tell you right now, my, 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 my wife is probably the most alpha person I think I've ever met. She's, <laughs> and I'm a Marine. I played football in college. She, my wife will kick you in the teeth, smoke. Like she will, she'll smoke check you. She is, she's awesome. And, uh, and it's funny, a lot of our, our kids, our kids do jujitsu, my six and nine year old. And, uh, this year we were doing goal setting as a family. Um, uh, they were talking about the goals, the gold medals that they want to earn. And uh, they had said medals. And then my wife was like, well, what kind of medal? You know? So it's like, it's like you, you raised <laughs> the standard in which the expectation is. And that's what I love about. That's what I love about that thought process. And somebody who gets their, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Somebody who gets their panties in a wad about it, forget it. There's a million other messages that then go out there and go fine. We're not yours. Yeah. And as a listener, I didn't take it, you know, as male, female at all. It's just check yourself, reach for the stars, you know, the, you need to be. And when you say alpha, I guess alpha male is kind of a logical place to go, but that's not what I interpreted it as, a, you know, as a listener. Um, I just really like the saying and just, you know, continue to strive for the best. Don't let your mistakes get you down. It's that resilience, you know, don't just stay down when you get kicked down, get up. Don't be beta. Like that's exactly that's right. It. 
That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, mental health is something that not a lot of folks talk about, or if they do, it has to conveniently fit into this narrative of uh, depression or, you know, whatever it, the idiosyncrasies associated with mental health kind of take from the point, um, uh, that was why we started talking about it. Um, you know, in the veteran community that we're not anxiety ridden, PTSD, broken things, what we are is we're battle resilient. We're, we're, uh, we've been subjected to some things that have screwed up, screwed us up along the way, but it doesn't mean that we're made of glass. We, you know, we're actually tempered we, we can deal with those challenges. And so that's why we use both hashtags, get some wins and don't be a beta. We say, mm -hmm. don't be beta because you're going to screw up. You're going to get punched in the mouth. If you try to avoid mistakes and failure, you're only going to get what you've avoided. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason why is because anything that's worth doing and doing well, you have to fight for. And not only fight for, but you have to be willing to take the blows and the setbacks. And that means you have to start small with to get some wins. And once you've created momentum in whatever it is that you're going for, after you've gotten some small wins, it changes the uh, the nonverbals and how you communicate it. It changes the posture in which you go forth in whatever your business is, uh, and that's why we that's why we created those two. I, I interrupt. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's that's another good point. I really like that because we've talked about gaining traction too. If you're in a place where you are feeling like a failure or you just made a huge mistake that maybe had a large impact in your business. Even if you have to start small, getting some wins under your belt can give you that traction to start building back up. And I, I really like that because it's something that, you know, maybe if you did have a big failure, you look at a small win as, oh, no, that's not worth my time because it's not going to make a difference. But that small win can give your, you your stepping stone to start getting back up there again. Well, in, in the future generation, so let's take a look at, you know, like our kids, right? How are we going to teach our kids? And, and there's a bunch of different philosophies on how people can approach this, right? But if they're constantly bomb, bomb, being bombarded on corporate media with, you need to rely on the government to do X for you, or you need to rely on some other entity other than your own capability, then what it does is it creates this dependency mindset. And if there's the, if you're dependent on somebody else to do something for you, what ends up happening is you create a, uh, a much larger problem because at scale you've created weakness. And, mm. and I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, to say that in a way to, uh, uh, you know, be like tenfold hat, uh, corporate media bad. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> is, um, if, if you don't provide that example to your kids or show to your children, uh, that there's an opportunity for them to create momentum or set goals that are outside, like riding a bike, you're going to scrape your knee, you're going to fall off. So don't pretend like you're not going to, um, if you want to, you know, learn how to do an arm bar, then you're probably going to, you know, pop a joint out of socket a little bit, but you're going to be fine. Don't okay. If you're going to play baseball, you're going to strike out. You're going to, if you're going to play football, you're going to get tackled. Like these are all things that we try to avoid in business. And it's like, it's not the reality. The reality is that you're, you're going to lose an account. You're going to lose money. But guess what? You're also going to make more money. You're also going to get right. another client. You're also going to attract the people to you to to what you need in order to go go to the next step. So that was my whole point and and uh, and calling that out. Well, yeah, it's grit. I mean, Megan and I we just we just talked about you know I said we want to roll out the red carpet. We want everything to be done for our kids. We want to you know make sure you know they know what success looks like and they don't know what failure looks like and they don't. It's like we just want to want to make sure that that all everything is just done for them but we want them to be you know 
persevere. And I'm like, uh, you, you don't get both of those <laughs> that, you know, if you look back and you even like reflect on your own life and when you, it's those moments of, of pivot, it's those moments that build the resilience and the perseverance and everything. And, you know, a piece that I keep hearing like underlying is, you know, we've, been taught that different is good and different and we are all different and that is good we all kind of bring something different to the table right but like also there's a relatable piece to all of us and a lot of times that relatable piece is in our pitfalls not necessarily in our successes and Mm -hmm. um i i think the difference is when we can elevate from those pitfalls because we all make those pitfalls right but it's, it, it, it's how we elevate that kind of makes us different. But that relatable piece, like something I'm very super intentional is when I'm listening to a client, when I'm potential client or anything else, it's like hearing something in which that we both can be relatable on, something that I can relate to them on definitely makes us more in sync and moving forward and, and everything. And, and relatable being real, not fake as far as understanding um, how that pivot works and, and everything, but being, being real and being relatable to what's actually going on. Like you said, there's, there's, there's two narratives. It's, it's, there's a narrative of, um, what we want in this pretty little box of what we want it to be. And there's, here's what actually happened, you know, and being able to kind of decipher the two, but not, I know we talked about, let it refine you, not define you. And I think that's where you get that difference of pivot from that pitfall and elevating that up and using that differently and using your experience to, to make that a differential within the market and everything. But, but yes, I couldn't agree more. I got three kids under nine and I'm like, I sure I want things to be taken care of them, but I'm like, listen, you're going to have to learn. I was coaching Cora's basketball team on Saturday and there was a girl just elbowing the crap out of my kids, excuse my language. Um, and it was funny because all these little girls, these little nine-year-old girls would come to the bench. That number seven just keeps elbowing us. I was like, you're fine. You're not going to get hurt. And guess what? Like, no, she's not doing the right thing. But if you learn to play through that, you're going to be able to learn to play through a lot of other things when things aren't going your way. Because I mean, I look at basketball, I, it's my sport and it's my thing, but it's a resilience builder. You like, it's a life, it's a life teacher, but you, you can't just go breath. You need to make sure that they're, you're calling fouls because she's elbowing my girls. No, no, you're fine. Go. You know what I mean? Learn how to play with it, not Henri or <laughs> hand it back to her. Although sometimes that happens too, but you, know, <laughs> you have to learn how to problem solve from within emotionally, mentally, you know, physically, and how to, um, to work around that from a very young age. And when you don't have that, like it just, you see that in adults and you're like, have you ever had to persevere through? Like, have you ever not had that not handed to you? Like you had to find a way for yourself, but so and I, have, race. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get this in before we wrap up this episode, because I was super stoked. I went back in the archives of your episodes and found an episode with Tim Kennedy oh, wow. and I was stoked Very that cool. was a great episode. Go ahead and listen to it. Speaking of personal responsibility and stepping up. Well, and those of there you was who are some- listening, Megan, it, 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 before they listen to Knucklehead Podcast episode 15 with, with Tim Kennedy, they need to listen to Jamie's episode, episode 96. Okay. So I don't mean it. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give them some homework. Right. <laughs> so y'all listening, I'll put together a checklist in the show notes for this one. That's right. <laughs> um, What'd you like about it? But- 
I I really liked I well I liked the entire episode, but one of the things that I picked out was pushing yourself to do hard things. And we've talked about physical strength correlating with mental strength in previous episodes as well. But one of the the things that he mentioned in that is when muscles grow, what do they do? They tear. You have to break them down to build them up. And so I want to get your take on pushing yourself to do the hard things so that you can basically prove to yourself. So it's maybe physical component and mental, or, you know, how do you do that in your own business? And what do you suggest to our listeners when it comes to that? That's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. So if I'm being honest with you, um, a lot of times I'm, I'm scared to take risks. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I like to, uh, uh, I like to do things that are comfortable and that are easy. Um, you know, I, I struggled with night eating for a long time. So, you know, there's things that I've done that are self-destructive, uh, and kind of inadvertently. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so with that being called out, there's also kind of this frequency that gets generated in my mind whenever I'm doing something that's comfortable. And, and conversely, there's also this, this mindset or this, this feeling that gets generated whenever I start to do things that are outside of my comfort zone. And so, you know, I call them sweaty palm moments. So those sweaty palm moments are, you know, calling a new client that there's a problem with, excuse me, calling an existing client that there's a problem with to explore whether or not there's an opportunity to grow or, uh, cold calling, uh, is an example of something that nobody likes to do in sales, but everybody needs to do it in order to go grow your business. Um, having conversations with people who have a much larger social media following than me. I don't know why that's, that's, that's weird, uh, but it really is just like in the beginning of doing that activity where I start to feel that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I referenced Brazilian jiu-jitsu a little bit earlier to go back to the physical side. Um, you know, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I just started rolling myself, which is awesome, but it's terrifying to have somebody who's, you know, twice your body weight on top of you trying to choke you out. And, um, you know, it doesn't really sound like it's super attractive, but at the same time, it, it forces you to realize that nobody else is going to come and save you. So you have to be able to learn a different skill, you know, similarly to cold calling, you have to learn a different skill in order to go and grow, uh, in whatever your intended goal is. So, Typically, if you're if you're stretching yourself physically, what you've done is you've kind of trained your mind to go and take risks. Uh, whether you're sitting behind a desk or you're a you know um, you're a, a roofer or you're a you know an accountant, you're whatever the case may be. You can you figure out a way to professionally get yourself out of whatever the the normal is, at least in some small way, um, to have that continuous improvement, getting one percent better every day. Awesome. Well. I could sit here and talk about mistakes and jujitsu and all the self-responsibility and all this with you all day. This has been a really fun episode, but we got to wrap up here. So before we take an end to this episode, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about Knucklehead Media Group? I appreciate that, Megan. So it's been an absolute blast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, talking with, you know, butt kickers like y'all, uh, I know that y'all are parents also. So you're constantly pulled in 15 different directions. If folks want to listen to, you know, to some screw ups that have happened along the way, they can go to knucklehead podcast and they can go search for them on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get, wherever the case may be. If they want to go find out more about knucklehead media group, my suggestion is go to LinkedIn or go to our website, knucklehead.agency, uh, find out how we turn dead leads to life through podcasting, how we help bring, you know, the ability to give your audience to Netflix out on you. And, um, that's what my suggestion would be, you know, book a time to get with us. Uh, we've got a director of content strategy who's a prime Marine infantry guy named Justin. He's a, 
He's an ass kicker. He's great. A book of time to get with him. We'll have a discovery session. We'll figure out how to help you grow your business through podcasting. People talk. People like to communicate. If you don't have a spoken element to your business, uh, then you're abandoning at least 30% of the marketplace that uses that as their primary sensory to make buying decisions. So you're, you're abandoning 30% of the market right off the bat. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for joining us, Stephen. And thank you for you your service as well. We appreciate Absolutely. having you on. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all. It was fun. Steven. It was good. It's like y'all done this before. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Jamie. Thank yeah. you, Megan. Thanks again for listening today. Keep that momentum going and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.